Hey, traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, December 1, 2021. We are looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? A, it was a woodshed day. B, we have a whole lot of stuff to discuss We're going to get into where they're actually going, where they could possibly be going, what happened today that we can learn from, and I want to make sure that everybody remains focused on one thing. The main and real only purpose of what we're doing here is to make money. The means to an end is the learning. Inside the numbers, members are making money. Inside the numbers, live members are making money. Swing traders are making money. I said the other day, the money is made on the turn. Get used to this type of market behavior. We will continue to see big swings in both directions as we continue to see expansion of volatility and a lot of the, shall I say, EKG behavior going forward. This morning, the market had a gap up. It was a gap in crap. They finished on the lows. It was an enormous reversal day. The high was almost 465. The low was almost 450. We're just going to, for rounding purposes, say it was about 150 S&P handle day. That's from high to low, and that's a big deal. We've been pounding the table, and nobody should be surprised when we see these large swings in both directions. We said the top is likely in. We said how you could trade the top, Today, I'm going to show you how I put on a trade in the NASDAQ market, basically at today's top, and I'm going to show you why. Who's in that trade? The lazy swing trader traders are in that trade. Yesterday, we put some lines on the screen, 452.40, 449.75, and 447 and change. Let me explain the first one. 452.40 probably would have been different had they gapped lower and traded into the 50-period moving average. The fact that we had a reversal today and they were killing them into the close, you don't know where they're going to stop as they're going to trade them into the closing bell. They came close to the big fat round number, 450. My number was 449.75. They didn't get there today. Naturally, around the big fat round numbers, you're going to get market reactions. You're going to get bull bear battles. You're going to get buyers. You're going to get short sellers covering. Liquidity exists around the big fat round numbers. Here's the ES. Here's what's going on after the closing bell. The low in the ES was 49.97.75. They're already trading up. This is a natural reaction from a big fat round number after a tremendous decline into the close. I would get out the sticky note today again. You're going to learn stuff. Let's start with where are they really headed? Well, we talk about daily chart, and then we talk about the longer term. We talk about where this magnetism is coming from and where it's drawing the market to. From a daily chart perspective, the big fat round number, my number of 449.75, still important, 447, also important. It's a gap. It's a 100-period moving average. But what happens if they're really killing the tape? What happens if they're cutting through everything, maybe not tomorrow, but maybe in the short term, what happens if we wake up to a big gap down, 
there's something going on. Maybe the Omnicon or Omnicron or whatever that new variant of the virus is. Maybe it's worse than everybody thought. All that stuff. And by the way, this is the excuse, not the reason for the sell-off. My contention is, the reason is, when the market has decided that time has run out, that's it. It's over. It's our job as analysts to figure out, or can we figure out, when that time is. Sometimes we can, sometimes we can't. What's the fallback position? Well, when we can't, we say, and this is when the market was going up perpetually, and everybody thought the market would never go down and all that stuff, the email indicator, the YouTube indicator, all that stuff. It always works. It wasn't too long ago we talked about the email indicator. But the fallback position is when we don't know where or exactly when that top might come in or when that bottom might come in, we have to wait for a sign and or signal of a trend change. There's a lot of variables that are used. We create a full stack of information. And that type of information can be found within modules inside the course Lazy E-mini Trader. You like how I slipped that in. So we're going to keep these numbers on the board, this zone around the 100 period moving average for now. We'll see what happens tomorrow in terms of these videos, but I'm going to give you another number. I'm going to give you the oh boy number. And before I do, remember, there are more oh boy numbers. This is oh boy number one. We're going to call it 435.50. It could be 436.50. It could be 434.50. Somewhere in that zone is where we should see a contingent of buyers, a bull bear battle ensuing around that number. Now that's if in fact we get the oh boy scenario. What's the oh boy scenario? It's similar to Irene. They're cousins. The oh boy scenario is if they're doing it kind of in one shot or in a couple of days, that's an area A, they could be and should be drawn to like a magnet and B, should have a reaction in the other direction. I don't know that we're going to see that number anytime soon. What I'm saying is, if we see it soon, it's a viable opportunity. If it takes three or four weeks to get there, the whole situation is different. Even if it takes a week or so to get there, the whole situation could be different. This is a real-time business. We'll recolor the oh boy number in green for now. Just as a refresher, we've been discussing the longer-term charts. You have the monthly tail candle, the month ended yesterday, and all of a sudden they're already starting down after somewhat of a retracement today. Now they could go right back up and continue fighting the trend. Remember, the longer term, there's nothing wrong with this trend. This is just a blurb on the screen from a monthly chart perspective. Other stuff happens from a shorter time frame, but from a monthly chart perspective, this is an extended market, but also a very strong uptrend. Hey, by the way, just as a point of interest, look where the 20 period moving averages or home base, as we like to call it, on the weekly chart. Well, the official number happens to be 449.44. Had nothing to do with my number from yesterday, the 449.75. What I will say is, there are no accidents nor coincidences that they came in around the same area, not having anything to do with one another. Can the market still get a bounce off this area, off the 20-period moving average? Yeah, that's why those lines were in there. 
if they get a bounce beginning tomorrow and they miss my 449.75 by just a few pennies, well, guess what? It still counts. We want to play umpire calling balls and strikes, so we do want to note something. It's definitely not a positive, for example, when we look at a 240-minute chart, when you see the market finish below all in one shot, cut through like a hot knife through butter, finish below the 100-period moving average. In this case, you have to say, well, they're definitely pointed toward heading to the 200-period moving average on this chart. happens to coincide with that 447, give or take, number. We note that the weekly chart is into its 20-week moving average. But guess what? It's Wednesday, so it's intra-week. Can they spike it intra-week, snap back by the end of the week, close back above it, and have achieved some of these other numbers? And the short answer is, yeah, of course they can. Just how we need to look at things, the awareness, the observations we make around the market, around the different charts, what is possible, what is probable, what happens over and over again, using the 80-20 rule, the duck theory, all that stuff. This is how we put it together every single day. The 120-minute chart, similar routine. They cut through the 200-period moving average like a hot knife through butter. Now that, from a moving average perspective on the 120-minute chart, is the last line of defense. So where are they going? Well, they're going somewhere else, identifiable on a different chart. Same thing with the hourly chart. Below all the moving averages, guess what? And they've been below, but in a bit of a rodeo formation trying to recapture them. Below all the moving averages, the trend has changed. So the trend is down on the hourly chart. The trend is down on the 120-minute chart. The trend is down on the 240 chart, heading toward the last line of defense. You see how this all works? It's a stair-step approach. Inside the numbers. You're going to want that sticky notepad again. Let's go through some stuff because you need to see what goes on here during the trading day. There's money being made in here. We'll circle back to stocks on the move. It's hump day. This is at zero dark 30. And at zero dark 30, it was a rip your face off rally day. Garden variety in corrective phase. Let's cut right to the chase real quick. Getting through 462.85, which is important, opens the door for a lot higher in terms of S&P handles, 464.60 to 465.65. Here's a 15-minute chart, and right at the vertical is today's activity, and we don't need the second number. It never got past the first number. The high was 464.67. Write that down. It's going to come back up later. What I urge you to do is read all the notes. Go back to the charts and double-check the work. I'm going to point out some really important stuff the rest is up to you based on your interest level. 9.25, if we see an early shakeout operation, 460.40 down to a spike of 460 should be support. It's an important area, and the bulls would play defense under normal market conditions. That's before the opening bell. Now, we've magnified things a little bit on the five-minute chart. Same vertical, right of it is today's activity. And you'll notice that the market opened up the opening print is 461.63, below the number I cited in the pre-market notes that they needed to open above to really open the door for the higher stuff. So therefore, they're not ready to go higher yet, at least the way I look at things. 460.40 in an early shakeout operation was support. Well, guess what? What was the low? How about 460.24, smack dab in the middle of where we kind of said they would go to? And then what did they do? 
They went right to the second number. You have to know your numbers, especially if you're trading in this market at this time. This is not your father's Oldsmobile market anymore. Fortunes will be made and lost in this market going forward. They're always made and lost, but these will be made and lost quickly. Let's move along. Nice trade in MRNA right at the opening bell. We'll get back to that later. By 9.35, SPY and the bulls in showtime zone. Could go lower, it's a zone. Traders that are long from in the zone need to book profit along the way and hold a trailer for a spike above 462. That's the game plan. If it goes the other way, 459 is important and an area of support. Just as a side note, don't look at the stuff all the way to the right. Look what happened when they got to 459 the first time. Low, 459.01. Then they spike it a little bit. Then they go back to what? 460.40. No accidents or coincidences. 37 was the high here and 38 in this candle here. And then they fell away. These are important numbers. Let's continue moving along. See what else we have. By 9.42, at this point, traders should have a profit in their pocket and hold for more. This was the buy at 460.40. 462.50 and 462.80 is the prize on this trade. Just painting by the numbers, the minimum profit target from entry provided to minimum exit of 462.50 was 21 S&P handles. How you doing? And they went higher. Some traders hold a trailer, but that was good enough for me. Scrolling up, we'll see what else we have. You have to know both sides. If they went back down below the low, opens the door for the 459. They didn't do that until later. And just a reminder, the prize on the trade is this again, 462.50 or higher. And that zone should be overhead resistance. And guess what? 462.50 is this middle trend line, and it was overhead resistance. There's your 462.80. So if you wrote it up into that zone, took profit, you felt pretty good. The fact that they went higher, you didn't know they were going to do that. You need to book profit if you're treating it as a business at the next really important number. It's what we have at our disposal. And we're back to moving along. So what we're saying is, there you have it by 10.02. They did the thing. They should stall out, which they did. And so that's it. Don't mess up a great morning. We're moving along. 10.10. Where to if they keep going? 464. 64. Once again, high of day, 464, 67. Didn't know it was going to be high of day, didn't know they were going to collapse, but knew it was an important spot. That's always the starting point. Isn't an important spot. And we're moving along. By 1020, and this is a concept, this is what happens the majority of the time. It's the duck theory. The majority of time, the 80-20 rule, the same stuff happens over and over again. So as the market's rising, we say we're starting to think about a spot for a mid to late morning high. It's a pivot high. It's a late morning high. If they're trading down, we look for a mid to late morning low. Could be here. Let's say they kept going. Where would they go? Starter position at 464.64. A trader not interested in that could wait for the higher price. And I think you get the point. I'm going to scroll up, pause the video, read this stuff. If you're interested or active in the market during the trading day, I think this could benefit you. Read the notes. Go back to the charts to double-check the work. It's not even 
only about the numbers. It's about what's going on in the market, how it's being interpreted, and how it's being conveyed to you, the member. There's a lot of stuff on a day like today. On a day like today, I don't get up from my desk from between 6 in the morning until I finish this video for more than a few minutes at a time. Even though I go on break, I'm still watching the tape. And by the way, before we get into stocks on the move, let's say a trader did take that short trade at resistance, overhead resistance. How good do they feel? Did the lazy swing trader folks take that trade up at that price? Well, in a different vehicle, but the answer is absolutely. Three stocks on the move on the board early this morning. Remember, we had a gap up. Everything was getting a rally. It was the rip your face off beginning of the day. LAC, CRM, and MRNA were the three on the board. Let's check the charts. LAC, they hovered over the number. They came into it. They did the deal, and they kind of bounced around and melted away along with everything else into the end of the day. But this isn't what we're really looking for. They came close here, bounced away, hovered, finally did it. So they did the deal. The number worked. They gave you about a stand-up double, but not in the manner in which we prefer. I didn't take this trade. Similar deal with CRM. It came into the numbers when the market was melting away. I'm not sure how many traders would take this trade at that time. The first number didn't work at that time after they did the same thing the other stock did, LAC. They came into it later in the day. The second number basically worked, but they pulled up short. The low here is 257.09. I had 257 even. Same thing in the next candle, low of 257.16. Then they did the deal, and then they melted away along with everything else later on. Again, not the ideal setup, not in the manner in which we like. The numbers work, but the trade wasn't preferred. I wanted it here. I wanted them to kill it at the open and get stretched all the way in the morning. Then you have the type of reaction that's multiple dollars on a stock like this really quickly, provided the number is right. This one, Moderna, different story. They did the deal right at the opening bell. Here's a one-minute chart so you can see what actually happened. Made a high here four minutes into the trading day, 334.35. That's more than the minimum required base hit. Our Inside the Numbers live moderator Jordan took this trade in a live account that is half his money and half my money. It's a verifiable account. We'll be making these trades each day Inside the Numbers live along with the members in that room. And the concept is we're an open book system. It's either going to work or it doesn't. If a moderator of a room who's a student and a member of Inside the Numbers, if he can't make it work, we can't expect anybody else to make it work. The numbers work, the process works, if you paint by the numbers, it works. So we're putting our money where our mouth is. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Well, we've been saying below the moving averages three days in a row, they're giving up the ghost. Look at the weekly chart, look at them cutting through the 50 period moving average. And where are they headed? Right to Irene. 209.05 is Irene. The market or the Bulls play defense at that price, at that time. If they don't play defense or can't play defense, if the Bears win and they give up that number on weekly close, good night, Irene. From the highs, Irene's already taken some sleeping pills anyway. We talked about the monthly chart. We talked about the tail we talked about two things. 
is this eating time off the clock and they're going to go back higher, or is this a signal and a sign of a trend change from a monthly chart perspective? Home base is right under 200, a big fat round number. How you doing? I will say I would be surprised if you didn't find a bull bear battle around the Irene number. I'm not sure it's a cut through it like hot knife through butter number. We'll see. Folks down at the transportation department, here's the weekly chart of the IYT right into the 50-week moving average. There should be support. Don't be surprised if they spike it through. However, where they close the week will be extremely important, as will the big fat round number of 250. So don't be surprised if they pay a visit to 250. And if they close the week back above 250, it's not necessarily the worst signal on the board. Think about what they would have done. They would have come from a retest of the highs all the way down to spike the moving averages, come into a former breakout area, a big fat round number, and close the week back above if they did that. That would be a signal for a bounce likely. Just kind of thinking out loud. Let's say they're killing the tape. It's tomorrow. It's Friday. Something like that. And they haven't got below this number I'm about to give you, but they're trading into it, and it's coming into it as if it was a destination. It's not creeping into it. It's coming there kind of strong and fast. You should expect a reaction back in the other direction from 248. Could be 247, could be 248 and a quarter. In that zone, you have a breakup candle. It's in the neighborhood of the low. It's not quite at the low. Maybe they go to the low. It's below a big fat round number. It's into a big spot. If you found the IYT down at that number, for example, this week, I think that's a buying opportunity for a trade. Not an investment, not a marriage. It's a trade. Put that one on the sticky note. What's going on with the folks out in Silicon Valley? The Q people. We're in bed with the Q people. What's that line at 399.80? That's the area, that's the price that the lazy swing trader members were issued an alert for a short trade today. Here's a 15-minute chart. This is what it looked like when they were up there. Who wants to short the market up in that zone? When it feels really, really wrong, it's generally right. When it feels really, really right, it's probably wrong. Let's understand a little bit about where that came from. So you have a big fat round number. That's item number one. You also have an important spot. It's not quite on the number identically, but this spot is important. Why? Because the market ran up to that spot, and we do this all the time. Nothing ever changes. Ran up to that spot, and it was rejected. Got over that spot, came back, and retested it, and you can see it's having trouble. It's now resistance. So they never really came back to that spot and bounced off. That spot failed. To me, that spot's still important, That spot officially, if you want to know the number, is at 400.99. I just used 400 because it's the big fat round number. Then you come over to the hourly chart and you have this enormous breakdown candle. They ran a test of the high. They're either going to get above or they're not. Now, this was a swing trade, so I wasn't necessarily looking to exit the trade today. So I didn't really care if they got above 400 for a while. I was okay with that. I was willing to add if they did. But... It was the starting point for the trade. Now with the Qs, 382.78, and so it doesn't have to actually be that number. 
it's 380, 381, 382. Something in that neighborhood is where they're likely headed. You have a big fat round number, 380, on a 50-period moving average. That's a likely spot. So they're headed down to retest what? A former breakout area. Breakup candle low, 380.70. So you could see a lot of reasons why 380 is A, magnetic, and B, should produce a bull bear battle and a reaction in the other direction. The financials. Again, the financials down, only 1%, but look at the chart. They're giving up the moving averages one by one, but really quickly. The trend is changing across the board. This is what we have to recognize. When you look at the monthly chart, are they simply running a test of the most recent breakup candle low, or is this failing? They stopped for a while on the weekly 20-period moving average. They've now given it up. Do they have another destination in mind? Is this an Irene number? Is this an Irene number? Both could be considered Irene descendants. Look where the 20-period moving average is on the monthly chart. And by the way, not to mention that you have a couple of big spots. You have this as a breakout area. This is also an important spot. The market was rejected. So in and around that spot, we'll call it 30 to $31. Call it 30. It's a big fat round number. You see what's going on. It's below the 20-period moving average, but above the 50. Well, who knows when they get there, if they get there anytime soon. We don't know. And there's a lot of stuff in between, but when you peel back the onion a little bit, look at the weekly chart, you say, well, that stuff coincides with the 100-period moving average and the 200-period moving average. It's kind of in the middle. These are things to be aware of if they kill the tape. You don't know when they're going to kill the tape. But rest assured, if it's a corrective state, and it is a corrective state, then there's going to be days where they absolutely murder the tape. There are air pockets in this market. You can't have a run from a low in March of 2020, the pandemic low, $17.5 in the XLF, for example, all the way up over 40, and you're not going to have terrible days on the way back down as you're doing a garden variety retracement. By the way, where's 30 bucks? About halfway home? That just makes sense. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of when and how. About Smash Mouth, that was up really big today, and they finished on the lows. That's a hell of a reversal day. Look where they were from high to low. So the high was 315.57, finishing at 303.82. That's quite the reversal in Smash Mouth. Now, you're still above all the moving averages. So we have to say the trend is your friend until she dumps your shit out the window. But you have to look at that type of reversal and say, I have to pay attention. A lot of stuff happened today. It was a busy day, a lot of work. Expect more of this. This is the beginning, not the end. And by the way, you should know, there are going to be days, could be tomorrow, could be two or three days from now, where the market has another rip-your-face-off rally and everything seems like it's A-OK. -okay. That's part and parcel to how this works. And with that, have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.